0: Welcome back to the Nestman Hockey Podcast. James and I were, were just we're just talking about. I I, I surprised him with. Uh, uh, I just got a new jersey in the mail off the eBay, and um, oh. and I, I'm getting James' live reaction on this just because it's incredible. Um, aren't '90s jerseys the best? Yes,
2: they really are. People have been asking me. Best. People have been asking me what I want for Christmas recently, and I'm asking to buy me, you know, really expensive jerseys, but I find myself gravitating towards like t shirts that have all the 90s logos and stuff on it. So I 100% that jersey that you're wearing, I want it to be my skin. That's how nice it is.
0: Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Oh, like over so for those, um, listening, um, it's a Probably like a 95, 96 uh, Syracuse Crunch jersey. And uh, it's got teal and purple. And the white jerseys are actually incredible. I just couldn't find one. Um, the the colors just pop. It's, oh. it's beautiful. Um, and this is their old logo and all sorts of stuff. I'm just a hipster. But if you look over what is my right shoulder, you see the goalie masks from, I believe, like the '96 season. Which includes like the old Anaheim Ducks, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the Mighty Ducks, and the Islanders, and it has this teal color. And I'm looking in my closet, and I have the Fisherman jersey. I had now I have this one. Um, I have my Ducks jersey, and or I have a couple Ducks jerseys. And I'm like this, this teal color is just ah, it's so good. I love it. It, it that's like. The purple, and I just, I'm thinking of all those teams from that time period and how ridiculous their jerseys looked, even in the NBA. Like the same color schemes kind of popped up everywhere. And it, oh man, jerseys were just so much better then. Like the, that, that, um, teal Pistons jersey. Like how good was that, that jersey? Yeah. Like the, the Hornets, the Hornets jerseys were so good. I think that's the one I'm really thinking about is the is the Hornets jersey. I mean the it wasn't really wild colors, but the Orlando Magic had cool jerseys. Um now like as far as hockey jerseys go, I'll say I think my favorite active jersey might be and it's probably because of the name, the Orlando Solar Bears.
2: Oh, those ones are awesome. Yeah, I love Those, those. are
0: those are incredible. Mm-hmm. Easily I think the best the best jersey active jersey in, in hockey right now. That wasn't like a throwback or some mix up thing that's like hundred percent their yeah their jersey. Um All right, so
2: wait this this brings me to a question about jerseys and there's a current one in the NHL that I, I want to know.
0: You know where I'm going with this already? I, I, I think so, but I want to I want to hear the question.
2: How do you oh okay hold on because there's a couple things that happened recently that I I could get to that. Real quick, though, I, I don't know if you, this is what, what you were thinking. What do you think about the Ducks jersey that they're wearing this year?
0: Oh, it's cool. I, I, I The purple, right? Yes. Yeah. it's As much as I would like them to use the more retro thing, it's good or good enough, right? It, it brings a lot of that style back. I'm very for it. I,
2: I agree. Like a lot of people were dogging on it because it wasn't the original logo, and I and I fully understand wanting that that jersey back. It should be. However, this one is so clean in its own right, and the color schemes are perfect. And despite it not being the original logo, um, that was at one point like at least an alternate logo, the front facing uh, duck mask, and even if it was just like for like merchandise or something like that. And I love those jerseys, man. I Like I want Anaheim to ditch the black and, and orange so bad. And just I even those would be fine with me. Like if they f- went full time with those. Yes, I think that the Mighty Duck original logo should be the jersey. But.
0: The oh, you're right. Yeah, they, yeah. They've used this before. Like it's an um, updated version of something.
2: Yeah, that's what um, I it's, mean.
0: It's good. I like I mean, cool. It's actually it looks like it's more from the cartoon than from the movie.
2: Yeah, right.
0: So I, I really
2: like the anniversary ones that they have this year. I know it's not popular, but I really enjoy it. Now, the one that I know that you're nodding your head to are the uh the, the winter classic jerseys that got
0: leaked. Oh, Are that's not where I thought you were going. But let's do, let's do that too.
2: Okay. Now, now we. I now I know exactly where you're going with this. But we can talk about uh, this one first. Um, the you saw those jerseys, the the league to winner classics.
0: Seattle and Vegas.
2: Yes. So my initial reaction to the Seattle jerseys was perfect. They nailed it. Timeless. It's going to be beautiful on the ice. They could wear it whenever. Perfect. Great job. And then I saw Vegas's jersey, and I said, what the hell is that? That was the weakest attempt. What they tried to do was that they tried to go the, oh, Seattle's going the route of an origin story. Yeah, we're going to try the same thing. And we're going to say it's from something original in the in the uh, Vegas lore. And No, it sucks. It's so boring. It's so bland. The, the V, I don't even, under, like, I, I get Vegas, sure, for the V, but, like, there's no, there's nothing that says, like, Vegas, right? If it was the V inside of the knight in the in the original Golden Knights logo, I would understand it a little bit more. But it's not. It's not even that. So, I don't love
0: it. But the, it, it the is weird one. Looking. The Kraken one, ones, nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, the, I'll say this about the, the Vegas Golden Knights. And I don't know how to make it not sound like I'm being a weird traditionalist and boomer, get off my lawn kind of shit. How many fucking jerseys do they have? They've been a team for five seasons. Well, That, they, that I think, is like they should have went down to like what was the IHL team or what was like some other thing going on and yeah. incorporate that. and Because there were some really cool jerseys back in the 90s, again, as well, we were discussing the start. I don't know what you're just like. You're making up new things for this team without pull- you're not pulling from anything. There's hockey history there. It's not like it just started in, though. They got roped into two
2: reverse retro jerseys, so automatically they had an additional two. Um, and then they created the alternate gold jersey because the originals were gray and white, which everybody loved, but the gold are pretty cool too. Um, so, the the obviously the home and the away makes sense. I think the alternate makes perfect sense too. Like you're Vegas, you should have some gold jerseys. Um, but then they got roped into the reverse retros, which every every team did, right? So, and the red jersey was was okay. Um, the I, I loved the, and I don't I don't traditionally love jerseys that have uh, diagonal letters, but I loved their diagonal lettered glow-in-the-dark Vegas jersey. I thought that was beautiful um, as a whole uniform. But these, these, I, I don't... And, and look, you obviously, you're going in the Winter Classic. You're going to get a new jersey. I don't love these. These are awful.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's the Las Vegas Thunder. I couldn't remember their name. Um, there's a way to incorporate what they did then and... The, the new stuff i don't know what it is I'm not a graphic designer it's not my job there's a way to incorporate these these things together because this is again you're 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 trying too hard maybe if this was just like hey we we've done a couple of these now we're running out of ideas okay i understand but you've kind of done an okay job with all of them at this point it's like it's just not anything special what i wanted to talk about and I feel like we've, we've definitely, we I think people would know, I guess if we've been following along and taking notes or whatever, I, I think people know where we stand on the jersey and if we like it or not. The conversation that I heard um, recently was about whether or not they should do it at all. And it was the current Carolina Hurricanes doing the Hartford-Weller jersey and how the jersey really belongs to the city where it left. And it's cool to see again. They're doing the coupe rolls this year, uh, which are essentially pants. Um, and we're I'm sure they've updated the technology. I'm pretty sure they were banned because you would just slide across the ice and not be able to stop. Um, and Philly and a couple of teams, I think, and Hartford, and a couple of our teams have done it. What do you think about that? Like because the the um, I think the the uh, Minnesota Wild did it right incorporating the color scheme yeah now granted they could do whatever the hell they want because they're in minnesota um but like the dallas stars they could have done the color scheme if they were really going to go that route they really didn't need to because they have plenty of jerseys um they could have done the colors if the wild didn't exist they could have done the color scheme with their jersey and that's the throwback yeah But like colorado did quebec that jersey looked sick and that's not the argument the argument is not about whether or not the jerseys are cool. It's should they be doing them. The Devils on the they're good. They're another good example. They took the Kansas City Scouts or Colorado yeah. Rockies. I think it was both, one or both. Yeah. Um. And they use their logo and just changed the color scheme. It's a nod to their past and their history. I think it's very cool. Hartford. It is just straight up this jersey. So I'm cu- I'm curious. Like, what what are your thoughts on that?
2: It's definitely strange, right? Because we're not talking about, you know, we're we're not talking about the same franchises here. They're different franchises. So I get it. Like it was a relocation, but it's it's not, it's not the same, right? The Whalers and and the Hurricanes have nothing to do with each other other than the fact that it it was just a relocation. Yeah, other it, than it's... that
0: it's like Winnipeg not having their records from the jets and that technically they belong to the coyotes because that's the franchise that followed them. But it would be like the Phoenix coyotes using the color scheme, which maybe would look dope, a red, white and blue uh, uh, version of their jerseys or something like that as a nod to like their past. But that team in this case, it's also weird because the team still exists. Um, or, like, if it was like the Winnipeg Jets took instead of that city has a rich history of hockey that goes back decades and they have old jerseys, but they went the route of the Atlanta Thrashers instead. <laughs> like, how weird that would be. Yeah. No, you have a lot of options here. Yeah. So, it's how all of this works. And again, I'm not trying to, this is not a get off my lawn moment because the jerseys are cool. And ultimately, that's, I think that's what it's about. It is weird. I think I, I that's maybe where I sit is it's a little weird that they're just almost mocking these other cities like, hey, you don't have a team anymore. We're gonna use your jersey, um, and it's to sell them. It's a business. Like, fine. Um, I just thought that was interesting. It wasn't in our notes, but we got on the the, the subject of jerseys, and um, I figured it was it was worth.
2: There, there is another about. cool jersey out there right now. In the NCAA, the Carolina Tar Heels. Have you seen it?
0: You're muted, bud. Sorry, I muted myself because my I, um, my fireplace is on and it makes a little rattle noise with the fan. <laughs> so I'm trying to. It, and I went back to my old mic and it's picking it up and 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 all of that. So uh, yeah, we haven't done that. Is it? So it's it's a D1 hockey team. Yeah, and they took the
2: hurricane's um warning flag symbols on the bottom of the jersey and like kind of wrapped it around theirs but like in their colors it's it's a really cool jersey if you could find it i was just looking for
0: it but it wasn't it wasn't popping up um their jerseys are cool anyway tar heels yeah they're pretty yeah cool. the, the all white is a little much for me but the the, the the i mean it's like maine it's the same color scheme it's the same as if anyone listening uh played pal uh suffolk pal hockey it's a very similar color scheme to that i i like wearing those colors it was very different for me um i can't find them here but i, I i'll definitely look um after the show but were we ready to talk about the islanders yeah we, i sent you too by the way they're in your inbox they're in my inbox <laughs> um oh you're a, you're a twitter DMer. that's where you're always like i sent this to you and i'm like i don't know what the hell you're talking about i don't oh, yeah, see sorry. i don't see this anywhere <laughs> um, but I will look at that right now. Oh, that's cool. OK. That's very cool. That's a yeah, very good nod I'm to uh, very much into that. To that. Um, are we ready? We're, we have enough of a distraction. We can talk about the Islanders. Yeah, we went thing. on a 15 minute tangent here. We can we can do Islanders that. Stage. That's great. Um, so I I was I, I'm i off this week. I'm doing a lot of reading. I'm like I'm looking look through things. So I want to um, set the stage for the episode. And I tweeted it out. Maybe you don't care about that. Um, the I want to go through each of these sections and try not to step on our own feet as we move through this. So I want to take each, each section. Um, this is more for you, James, than anybody else. Um, I want to take each section for what it is and try our best not to bleed into the next thing because this is all purposely built on each, each section builds on the next things. And... I want to make sure that we, we kind of keep that section, uh, that that flow going. So the the intro that I had, um, which I think our jersey intro is much better, um, but the, the intro that I had was that it's probably not a surprise to anybody that the Islanders have been just very okay this season. Um, and that might even be generous um, given the last 10 games. They're NHL 500 right now, which we know – Means they've lost more games technically, even if they've gotten a point for them in overtime or a shootout. Um, and the saving grace is that the Metro just has not been that good, um, especially not as good as it's been the last few years. On top of that, the Atlantic is also not as good. You have some teams kind of um, tr- still figuring things out. And some teams are coming back down to earth, like the Red Wings, who started out really hot and haven't been. Uh, I believe they're 6-8-3 now as you're listening to this. Um, I forget what the record is. Um, so wild card spots are also available. Um, so I thought that, I thought that was important to kind of like set the stage of the, the season. And I know this was a topic on Twitter earlier today, um, about an article that was written and how, uh, uh this is Shana Goldman's article that we're going to, we're going to start with talking about that. I said that, 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 you know, they're 20% done with the season so far or, or close to it, but they're at risk of losing the season. And I don't think that's wrong. Um she's ringing the the um ringing the bell. Uh it may be a little bit of an overreaction. I don't think anyone wants to really believe that and there's a lot of hockey left, 82 games are a lot. There's still plenty of hockey to be played, but the position they've put themselves in is one that they have a lot of catching up to do. So that's setting the stage. Um did you have a chance to read this this article? Just bits and pieces. Just bits and pieces. So I, I have a, I just really just a couple of quotes that I want us to, from from the article. Again, uh, you could disagree with some of the parts of it. I, I guess whatever, but um, the facts that she lays out are obviously the truth, and is what's happening, the reality, not the truth. So, I just some something to kind of talk about, and I think it builds on our episode last week about the Islanders' identity and where they are and and what's kind of happening and what needs to change um i read a couple of articles today and it just it it helped me kind of figure out what the problems ultimately were i don't know how to fix them i'm not an nhl coach but at least where we can kind of get started so um shana goldman like i said wrote a great piece for the athletic um we have some information here um some of it was how they're losing games and i'll I'll, uh, add one extra thing here um steven rosner hockey news Um, at NHL.com, he also laid out uh, something that I thought was really important. Um, So the the main thing from Shana's article was managing the lead and how the Islanders simply have not been able to do that. They've been a team that usually starts slow and comes back. They were the comeback kids early last season. Um, This season, she wrote, in all situations, the Islanders lead about 37.7% of the time, which ranks ninth in the league. And the only team that trails and the, and the team only trails 20% of the time, only the New York Rangers and Boston Bruins spend less of their time facing a deficit. And then she goes on to to discuss how the team is very porous defensively, their bottom five team in both shots and scoring chances against, um, and give up, give up about 62% of their goals. Um, With with the lead, Um, eleven goals for and twenty four against in third periods this season so far this season thirtieth in the league. I want to talk about that. That's kind of a lot of information, but I do want to talk about that. What can change for the Islanders? Like, where does it start? Is it a coaching thing? Is it a players staying focused thing? Um, How? What do they? What do they do here? Again, I don't want to talk about. Lambert leaving whatever whatever news may or may not have uh, broken the next few days but what do they do here is like where where does it start how do they start fixing this problem well you know
2: the the thing is and I think we might have touched on this last week I think staple said it best
0: you can't hire a new coach right now if you're gonna let Lambert go Yeah. And we, we, that's, I want to get to some of that later because we didn't, I don't think we really went over this. I think the staple article came out right after. But yes, I just, if you want to quickly glance over that, that's fine.
2: So, like, that, that person's just going to inherit the same problems that Lambert has now. You have to really, you know, if you're ownership, take a look at this team and say, is this salvageable? And is Lamorello the right guy to do that? Because clearly, and, and you know, Shane has said it a couple times in this uh in, in this
0: article that his methods are antiqued. Well that so she she bumped out on this content. Um the the information I was talking about was from something else. And then she wrote and released not very long ago, earlier tonight on um on Tuesday as we record this, another piece, another full-length piece just on the islands on Lamarello. So both articles very good. Go go check them out. At least you know it gives you some context and some third party perspective um, outside of the people that normally write about the team. And read it all. I think it's I think it's worth trying to find the slivers of of truth. But continue.
2: Yeah. So I mean, just my my point is, how do you how do you fix this? It it starts from, you know, it starts from ownership. They have to take a hard look in the mirror and say, did we make the right choice? Continually, you know putting our faith in in Lamarello is there is this time for maybe maybe a divorce and I, and I know you know the conversation has been heavily pointed to Lane Lambert but you know again this year is already 20% gone like you mentioned earlier you know how much recovery are you going to be able to make we're talking potentially if they can make a comeback a St. Louis Blues 2019 type comeback here it's going to be tough you know so they have to seriously take the I think the rest of this season to evaluate what they have, what's salvageable and, and how to move forward best next. Because if you're not careful, you're going to end up in Sharks territory where you don't have prospects in the system. You're awful. And it's going
0: to be that way for a really long time. Yeah, I I, I think the Sharks comparison is interesting or or. Uh, kind of a team like the Penguins, um, where again they don't—they really don't have a lot of um, the, the future after the Crosby, Malkin, Letang era is going to be difficult. Dubis has a really tough job in Pittsburgh moving forward, and the Sharks are probably worse, right? Because they had a lot of veterans for a real long time, and they really milked them and and ma- went on really long runs, um, and it just didn't work out. And the Islanders are kind of. They don't have the longevity that the, the Sharks had where they were making it really far in the playoffs uh, for a very long time, but they did have a few years of it. And now they're really far removed. I know we, I know last episode we discussed that it was the sample size. Isn't just 20% of the season. It really goes to last season too. slightly different problems, but problems nonetheless about if they, they were letting in goals earlier and now they're letting in goals late. They're letting in goals. The defense is too porous. Um, and the season before that, I, I know I was when I was writing this today, they missed the playoffs. And that was with trots. Now the the it was the first season at UBS and it was travel and it was this excuse and it was that excuse. But now looking back, knowing what we know now, I don't know that you can blame a lot of that stuff. I think it's a lot of the the same mistakes and this and maybe you know, maybe Lambert is. Trying to teach this, use the same philosophy, and it just got stale. Like you, you needed more. As we discussed when Lambert got hired, you needed more of a change behind the bench than they got. So you have Lambert maybe trying to hammer the same stuff home. He can't do it as effectively, and the players aren't responding. And 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 that ultimately, you have a team that can really play for for forty minutes and they they i think what's really frustrating about uh, you know managing the lead essentially the the title of the segment is it it just takes a little more focus like it just takes being able to lock it down defensively again and there's something missing there either the players don't understand something or the coach isn't stressing it enough so i don't really know what where where things kind of go from here the other thing um, and this doesn't help. So this is like in combination of just um in general, they can't hold the lead. The penalty kill is last in the league or second to last in the league. Um, they it's at 69.5% kill rate, 31st through 17 games. What are you seeing? Because I, I think we've talked about their penalty kill before and, and some of the issues. What are you seeing from their penalty kill that are are kind of some of the problems here because it's they're not disciplined and I think that's a leadership thing and trying to figure out how to just I don't know play with a little more energy but be able to to rein it in when you need to stick in fractions and all you know all sorts of different things but what are you seeing on the penalty kill that's that needs to change I have a well, couple you- things
2: yeah, I think I think you just said it pretty well just there though. Like they're they're lacking energy and I think that's because this team is playing like way too reserved. They're afraid to to open it up a little bit and 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 be that aggressive, you know, obviously not forechecking on on the penalty kill, but they they're afraid to be that that in your face, you know, consistent pressure, grind you down team they used to be. They they're more collapsed and and uh hesitant and you know none of their decisions are are crisp or authoritative and it's it's abundantly obvious it's it's almost like and i think we we touched on this in a previous episode it's almost like they don't understand what their system is they don't really know the style of hockey that they're supposed to be playing and it's bleeding into the penalty kill. The penalty kill is just atrocious. Are we supposed to stay in the, in the, in the box? Are we supposed to, you know, uh, um, play, you know, try to play some sort of man and leave the, uh, the, the fifth guy behind the net. It's just, it's really, It it's tough to watch. It's, it's a, certainly a tough scene because we're talking about a team that mostly made up of the same parts, at least on the penalty kill was like, one of the best penalty kills in the NHL not too long ago.
0: Yeah, and so. it, and it switched right. It was from the power play that was really bad, and now is I don't want to say really good, but so much better, really good compared to where it was. And now their penalty kill is shit. And it was you know so they've they've flipped special teams. I think it's their overall defensive structure that just isn't translating to the penalty kill. And I don't know if it's the it's the assistant coaches. Is it, is it Hula? I can't remember the guy's first name um whoever the assistant coaches that, that presumably on um huda huda um in charge of the penalty kill it's it's just not working um Rosner had did have some good notes uh, on this that on top of what my I think my main my main thought is is that they I don't think they use the box they use like a one 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 two situation and it gives teams a lot of room up top and a lot of time when they're able to move that puck across in those seam passes across players. And, you know, from one side of the ice to the other, they just have so much time because you're trying to outskate the puck. And we've talked, I think we even said this last week, sorry, we're repeating ourselves. You can't outskate a pass. I remember coaches telling me that. And the Islanders on the penalty kill are trying to do that. They're, they're trying to outskate a pass. And it just doesn't work. You see, Clutterbuck or Szezikas or whomever running hinge, hinging on the top and running back and forth across the entire width of the ice, and they're, ne- they're you're never going to get there in time. You're simply never going to get to that puck in time and put the necessary pressure on. So, in addition to the, the I think the overall structure, the, the breakdowns, as 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 Rosner pointed out, is they can't clear the puck effectively, which I've definitely seen plenty of times. They're being lazy with clears puck is not high and hard off the glass all the very basic things that everyone's heard that's that's played the game um or that if even if you just watched it for a very long time um be, these are basic concepts that the islands just aren't doing um they're not taking the space that they have to be you know Pelic used to be really good at this and being able to just step out from behind the net and not just throw it blindly up the boards as hard as you could but actually finding the seam and throwing it up the ice they're not able to clear the puck. They're they're flubbing passes um, to the point where it's not a mistake. It's not a stick breaking. It's not a this where it's like, all right, it's a lot of bad luck. It's, it's a little bit more than that. Um, they're not making changes. Um, they're not making positional changes based on where the puck is. Too often, they're worried about their position instead of how to adapt when the puck moves. So... worried about being in a specific place rather than okay they're changing it's like when you see um in a football game when the offense makes a change and the defense adjusts that the the honest defense just isn't adjusting to whatever the power play structure is they're going out there with one thing in mind and every team has a, a slightly different structure and they're just not able to adapt and i think that's on the coaching Doing your homework. How do they set up their other teams? How do they set their power plays up? How do you make those little tweaks? And how do you do that in practice and or in tape or whatever so that your penalty killers know where they need to be on the ice and how to continually adjust throughout the penalty kill? Um, I think as you said, they're they're not physical enough. I I definitely agree with that. They're they're not getting that's in front of their own net they're letting those seam passes across um and then the players wide open they're getting they have backdoor passes or whatever especially in front of their own net they're not nearly as physical and that was something that Scott Mayfield was great at I mean he, for the most part still is it just not it's not happening on the penalty kill I don't know that he, maybe he's not out there I imagine it's not going to be um aho and Dobson on the penalty kill so I imagine it's the four guys. Uh, Palak Pulak uh, Romanov and and Mayfield um, you know n- mostly really tough players Pulak might be the one that's the least tough out of all of them surprisingly and he's not a small guy and it's not a knock against him it's just the other ones are, are I think much much tougher it's just not trans like they're just not doing it on the penalty kill and really they're not doing it five on five they don't have that energy that Not not, not the hate. There's just not that that desire, that that hunger. They're 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 missing something again. That was part of the conversation last week about their identity. I thought I thought they it's just really I think affecting their penalty kill as well.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree. And you know, again, it's just not a it's not an identity that we're used to seeing with this team. I don't
0: I I don't even think there is one. And and that's what we said last. That's what we we said said last episode.
2: But the 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 point is more that yes, there isn't an identity, but we're we're so used to their identity being so grinding and in your face and forechecking that this is like shocking to see, you know, not not a step back, but like a, a jump backwards in in whatever is going on here.
0: Yeah, it's like they they had in in other years and other iterations of this team over the last ten years, they they. That was the one thread. That energy, that tenacity carried through. No matter who was on the team. And it's changed dramatically over 10 years. But that that tenacity just isn't there anymore. Not not in this iteration of the team. Even, even Suzekis is slightly less noticeable in this respect. And that, you know, the years have kind of caught up to him a little bit. It's to be expected. Um, I just don't know how they get that identity back or figure out what the new one is. Like it's, it's, it's as if they, they changed their style, but didn't own it hundred percent. Like they're they're, they're hesitating on being who they, this new version of themselves. And they're kind of like half-assing it because they're, they're a little unsure. They're hesitating. And I think even Dobson said that in a, in a lot of instances that they're just hesitating. Um, and they, they need to be more comfortable. They, they need, they need some confidence um they they really need to go out and and this week against the um the flyers beat them twice um that changes their fortunes that the, you know the flyers are ahead of them in the standings it's four points they're still really close um i think those are who knew that these games would be really really important um but here we are and it's early in the season um and they have to play like it's march they they seem to figure it out and 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 like at the end of last season for a change they they were really good. They really need to act like the end of the year is um the, the trade deadline or something because it, it just yeah. like you said earlier, it just can't go on much longer.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the thing though, like you're you're right like <laughs> it's it's crazy to say that they've lost how many in a row and and they're not out of it. So um it's it's if there was ever a year for the metropolitan to just be wide open as it is. Uh, I guess this was the year for them uh, because, I mean, look, Washington's up there with two games in hand and three points ahead. Philadelphia, <laughs> I don't understand how Philadelphia is up there, but they are. Um, I guess they're just playing hard for, for torts. But, you know, they have uh, the Islanders have a game in hand on the Flyers. So it, it's interesting. Like you, And you tend to think, too, some of these teams are going to regress to the mean. Like dev, the Devils are going to get better, I think. Um, Pittsburgh's in a bit of a slump here. I wonder if they're going to get better. Um, I tend to believe that the Capitals and the Flyers aren't gonna stay this good. So, you know, maybe things are gonna normalize. Uh, but you know, that puts the Islanders in a situation where they're competing with the Lightning in a wild card spot or the, you know, the the Sabres who are trying to make a a, a jump this year. You know, so they're they're in a predicament where they don't have that much time to sit here and, and evaluate. If they want to make the playoffs, they need to strike soon. If they want to figure out what their future looks like, then sure. Mess around or or as the kids say, F around and find out. But I don't know, man. It's just it doesn't doesn't look great from this vantage point right now.
0: Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers get one hundred and fifty bucks instantly in bonus bets betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 186 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE New York or text HOPE New York. 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved.
1: The holidays are the most chaotic time of the year. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. Raycon's wireless earbuds are some of the best bang for your buck earbuds you can get on the market right now. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space, with products like their everyday earbuds known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features, like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And in this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon Power Tech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100 watt power delivery. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality audio and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com
0: slash THPN. So I think that from from there, I I wanted, I wanted titled this segment, Now What? So that I think that information, that discussion helps inform us for the next kind of part of the episode. Um, and this will be aided a little bit by Arthur Staple's article that came out, of course, the day after we released our episode last week, um, kind of guiding us through this part of the conversation and what the Islanders should and, and shouldn't do. And you kind of alluded to some of that conversation. And I think this might take a little while or maybe we've talked about it a lot. So who knows? Um, I'll go through the 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 two. Um, just what they what what Staple said they should do. Um, he said, bench the captain. What do you think about that?
2: Well, I mean, he certainly hasn't played well, um, even in a, uh, a decreased role, right? Because we, we've always said less is more with him. Um, But I, I don't know. I don't necessarily disagree, but at the same time, I wonder if it's just the inconsistencies here up and down the lineup, who's playing with Horvat and Barzell and, you know, okay, now you're playing back with Pajot, and, you know, you're putting him in in all these different situations, right? You're, you're an offensive player. Oh, no. Now you're moving down to a a defensive four checking line. The majority of your starts are going to happen on the fly or in the defensive zone. Nope. Now you're back up. And now you're starting all in in the offensive zone again with with Horvat and Barzell. And it's just, you know, I, I think that's, that's too much inconsistency in a player's game to continue to succeed. Now, granted, I get it. His price tag is is certainly uh, an issue versus how, how much he's producing. I get that. Maybe, you know, and, and sometimes I, I do understand, like, look, you're not producing. You need a night off. Go, go take a rest. Watch from above. Study the game. And, and let's come back next game. And and reevaluate, you know, yourself and see where you're at. I, I believe in that. So if they need to give him a night off, sure, go for it. But give the guy some consistency. What's his role? Tell him. Just because he's the captain doesn't mean he doesn't need a, bit, a little bit of leadership too. So somebody needs to let him know what his role is now. Because clearly, look, if he's not going to be the 28 to 30 goal scorer he has been, then what is he there to do?
0: I agree. And it it may come down to that conversation. And I didn't really think about that. He's been moving up and down the lineup. I think that's, that's interesting. Um, the way that I read it, um, and and I think of some of what Staples said was that it just, it also sent a message to the team. Um, and it's, it's tough to play without your captain and, and see him in the, in the press box, but it really just shows that, uh, I don't think a trade's going to happen. We're going to talk about Staple's opinion on that. Um, but it, it shows people aren't safe in a different way, and that he's that the the coaching staff and the and management are not afraid to do it. There's only so many you could do each night, right? So you're you're kind of safe, but you're really tanking your own career it, when you're when you're playing poorly. And he really he might just need a break or, and, and a reset, a lot of players go through that. It's really not that big of a deal. Um, and they still, they, you know, goche has been thrown in there. fashion um, has been playing on the fourth line. It, it's not like they're not with, they're, that they're without these players. Um, they have a little bit of wiggle room to give Lee off one night. I think it's hard to look at the roster without him there. And you don't want anything to go wrong in, in a game where he's not playing go yeah well, he would have been a really great player in the situation so i i think it's trying to time when you would even do that um and then kind of figure it out from there Angvol against the bruins they could have used a little more speed but i think the bruins were just gonna be better than them regardless i don't i don't know the angle in and out of the lineup was the difference maker necessarily it didn't help but it wasn't a difference maker so you had to find that moment for lead, um, to you know, for it to kind of be similar f- for him as well. Um, Staple also said reunite Pellic and Pulak. They need to shut down pair, and right. clearly the the pairs are not working.
2: Right, I, and I, and I think, you know, when when you're lacking any sort of structure, like the Oilers you know when the oilers are, are lacking what do they do throw mcdavid and and uh dry all out on the ice you know they'll they'll fix this right and any other year besides this year that was true um they need they need to try that right their their defense has been so bad however we know that when pelican are together at least historically they're one of the best shutdown pairings in the whole league now They've been split for a little while. You know, I don't think they played much together even last season, but the season before they did. Um, so it's worth revisiting because we know what they can do and clearly everything else isn't working.
0: So what's what's stopping them from trying? At least in third periods. Or you have a lead, you know, like, OK, we're going to shut it down as a team. Pelican pull up are back together. Like, it set the tone for the rest of the team that way. Um, if you're lucky enough to be up after two periods, that's when you make that change. Um, if you get a two goal lead in the third period, I'm not saying call timeout, but regroup the best that you can. Make that change, make that a, a in game adjustment, not just for the sake of doing it. That's your strategy. You're going to have, you're going to put your two best defensemen that play really well together together, and you you just need to kind of manage the rest of the the other four, um, whatever whatever that looks like, try to figure it out. But it's most important that for a majority of that third period, you have both of them out there together. It's not enough to have them both out there a lot. um, Two thirds of the third period, you need them out there against the other team's best players, you need you need to be even if you're the away team, you need to be strategic. It just seems like everything's very haphazard. Um, I don't know whether or not Lambert is big on line matching and any of that, but putting that pair together, I think would kind of go a long way. Um, this one I, I thought was interesting and I granted it was, um, before Walsham, He it was kind of like in and out. He's been in and out of the lineup even as of late. Um, Staples said move Walsham to the top line. I thought that was interesting, but I'll get your take first.
2: thing is, Wallstrom has actually been playing a little bit better. He's still not, you know, what we anticipated him to be, you know, with talking about, you know, how he was going to be this stalwart coming into the season, right? But he's been playing better. Um, He's got a little bit of that snarl back. Maybe the top line needs that. But we also know that, look, that shot. All he's got to do is get a puck on net, put the shooter with the distributor, and look. At, yes, Horvat is that guy too, but we've also seen he can he can play make a little bit. Um, he he's been one of the the the, the best wingers for for the Islanders recently. So you got to just go with what, what's working, right? This guy's playing well.
0: Elevate him. See if he can he he's just not playing well in his own zone. I think that's where he was, a, and not the best stat in the world, but he's a minus four and then got the shootout winner. Yeah, I'm not I sure think, how you elevate and reward a player like that, right? I where that, Holmstrom is playing great. I, I don't know yes. if that's the right move necessarily.
2: I'm, I'm going through this right now with the Devils and Alexander Holtz, who's not playing well in his own end, but they elevated him. And, and the thing is with his – specific skill set his repertoire you put him around players who can carry the load and his skill sets suddenly begin to emerge and you know the guy's scoring so i think that horvat and barzell can carry the load you don't really need to play much defense when the puck is on the end of your stick that might be the mentality there and wallstrom all he's got to do is get open in the offensive zone and and you know one of the two of those guys can feed him I
0: think that's the mentality
1: there.
0: Yeah, I think it's hard when Holmstrom's playing well. If he dips a little bit, I maybe you make that change. But they've tried it this season, right? Wallstrom's played on that top line.
2: I don't know. If, I don't know if Wallstrom's played on that top line. I know Holmstrom has.
0: Right. I'm. I'm. I'm Oliver. The last names are getting. No, look I know. Confusing. I know. Yeah, but I. I. I feel like he's played. Up there. Either way, I mean, granted, Holmstrom did not look good uh, to start the season. It's really maybe the the last ten games where he's looked better and a lot more confident. Um, the at least the last few episodes, which you know, over the last few weeks, he's definitely looked much better. Wallstrom's not even been in the lineup consistently, and this is without when when Martin's been sitting. Um, he, he he wasn't necessarily in the lineup. Um, at least one of those games. I know he's he's in two in a row, but yeah, it's I don't I don't know about that. He really he scored that really sick goal earlier this season, and before and after that, it's been crickets. He has two points. He's won one and two in eleven games this season. I. I think putting him in the right situation is really important. I I just wonder if he's going to play up to, and the argument that I made to you for two years, that if he's going to play in that top line, he's going to be playing against the other team's top defenders and shut down forwards. I'm not sure he can handle it.
2: It's a good point. It, it's possible. But at this, at this point, I, I guess what, you try it. What are you doing, right? everything else isn't working either so yeah I
0: may, maybe it's Holmstrom and Wallstrom being in the lineup together at all if Hol- if Holmstrom isn't going to play well on the third line and he's thriving on the first part of the problem is that Holmstrom's on the first line it's, it's both of those players are fighting for one spot yeah and you really just need to be um it should be Fashing or Goche on that third line and if Martin's not going to be in that means both of those lower level guys get in and that's, that's fine. I think, again, as we said, they're just not owning anything. They're not saying this is our identity and this these are the players that go in certain places. Um, they just keep kind of moving players around a little bit. And I'm sure that's not helping kind of anything, anyone's confidence or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. I, it's almost as if both of them can't be in the lineup together. Because they're ultimately fighting for the single spot on the, on the top line.
2: Here's a question for you. Let me check the notes. Make sure you don't write this down. No. Okay. So, great for talk radio, I know. Um, Patrick Lyonet. He's going through it in Columbus. Healthy scratch. Just talked about how it's the most embarrassing thing he's ever experienced. Now, look, we, we can talk about... What is the first move that the Islanders need to make? I don't think there's a commitment to Patrick Laine in Columbus. I think that's part of the, um, you know, situation there. Do they just
1: try that?
0: So I'll, I'll, before I answer, I'll preface this with Staples says that they should not make a trade. I don't think that means okay. that precludes us from having the conversation, Um. So you, I'll, I would say you disagree with that, given what you just said. No, not necessarily. Um,
2: I'm just wondering if you know a, a culture change
0: could work out for both sides. Possibly, um, I think there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, obviously, that's the type of player. I think that goes without saying. Um, you're not really going to have to sell too many people. He has this year and two more at you know, 8.7, um, which is pretty good. I don't know. I don't think he's an RFA still. No, he's a UFA at the end of it. Um, so it's not that long-term of a commitment. He is still only 25, um, and he'll be 27, 28 years old at the end of it. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, that's a that's a player that you want. Um, I think it's just a matter of, is it the right time? You know, you just got finished saying that the the aisles cupboard is, is, is bare. Do you, for a player like line who has only, his numbers have only gone down in the last few years. I think it's really important that to note that. Um, But thinking about his career holistically and what he's capable of, and he didn't just forget how to play hockey Is that the type of player where you throw that philosophy out of the window that you can't throw away another first-round pick and it's you know, do-what-you-got-to-do type deal? At this point,
2: it's like I don't even think his value is a first-round pick. He was just healthy scratched in Columbus. You're telling me he can't stay in the lineup in Columbus? He's not going to cost a
0: first-round pick right now. That's definitely interesting. So I'm looking at um looking at some stats. Yeah, he's been I mean, he hasn't scored 30 goals since 1819. He scored 28 in 1920, shortened season. Um, probably on pace for over 30. Scored 26 in 21, 22, 22 last season. He has three points in nine games, dash six and so far it's not great it's not great um well remind me um if you can remember what happened with him in winnipeg to begin with
2: well he just didn't want to be there he wanted uh, wanted to be somewhere else you know he was doing okay there um but i i think that he kind of got ahead of the they didn't purge really, but they they didn't necessarily have a a, a right like a, a direction with that team that he wanted to be a part of, so he just wanted out.
0: I I was pretty sure that that was that was it, and it's tough. It's almost like Dubois, where and that was the original trade. All right, now that I'm saying things out loud, right? It was Dubois for Line. A. Was it straight up? Which is insane to me. It was straight up. One for one for Dubois, I believe. Yeah, right. And they both needed a change of scenery. And then yeah. they both Dubois already moved on, he's in LA, and now Line a also needs another change. It could be third time's a charm, his third team's a ter- charm, and that's great. Um, while Lamorello is the GM. I wonder how much that stuff following line A around affects him even looking at a player like that. Right. Right. He's looking for players that are really good, but they have leadership and it's bit him in the ass a little bit, right? You're there's only so many Bo Horvat types um, that are even available remotely available. Um, at least not at this point in the season, when teams, everything's still so close. It's, it's hard to know when you, when are you just going to bail? And, and uh, recoup your, your losses or what? So it's not like there's a lot of players like that available until closer to the trade deadline when when things are a little more straightened out. But forget about whatever the trade package would be. And I agree. He's he's not been, he's been a 50-point player for the last two seasons in Columbus. Um, he hasn't played more than 60 games in a long, in over three actual seasons um, that he can control anyway. So, you know, he's injured here and there. God, he was a minus. I know this is like a, we're using plus minus. Um, not the best time. He was a minus 29 in 2020, with with, um, with Columbus. That's terrible. I almost think there's no way um, Lamarillo would even look at it. Unless, unless there's a deal he couldn't refuse. I... I I'm not sure he's the guy based on his standards not because I think so but I because I that. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not 100% sure. Um what surprised me from Staples article also is that he said don't make a call up. I think that's a difficult much like a trade. I think it's a difficult pill to swallow. What do you what do you think about that?
2: I thought it was an astute uh observation or point that he made in saying like look there's clearly struggle happening organizationally like up and down you know no one's really you know burning the house down in bridgeport let them develop there right yes is is playing well but you know it's not like okay this guy needs to be in the nhl right now well so Let them continue to develop in in the minors. Don't bring them up to this mess just to get lost in this sauce. They need to, I think, as Staple said, continue just developing there and be put in a different situation when the time calls for it. Like, okay, now you're playing well and we're having success. We need a body, though. Sure.
0: Here's your chance. I don't think right now is that time. I also think in addition to that, the only player that can go through waivers or that's waiver is exempt is Holmstrom and he's playing well. So uh-huh. there's no there's almost no move that you can. I believe he's the only player. Yeah. And so you're going to send him you're going to send him down. Yep. You're you're that's not true. you're not adding to the roster in that way. I thought that Um, I can't remember if that was in the staple article or not. But that's what I, that's what I was thinking about afterwards was I I agreed just kind of for a different reason or an, for an additional reason that you, you don't really have any moves that you can make. Which I think is a Lamorello problem. I think it's interesting that you know you you need a mix of young guys on the team, if only because it allows you to kind of send send suppliers down. Um I'm sure if they could send Walsham to Bridgeport to get a a hard reset and just get some goals under his belt, they would have done it, but they just simply can't do it. So they're, they're stuck. They have one guy that they can send down and they shouldn't on top of the reason that, that, that you and, and stapler are discussing that let them do their thing. Let them marinate. You don't need them to get thrown into this mess. And have that kind of pressure let them continue to do their thing i know they're not playing it extremely well as a, as a team but you can have some good individual efforts and that's that's definitely worth it um yeah the the last shouldn't here and the, and then we're, we're close to wrapping up here was um he shouldn't bring in a long-term coach and it's difficult but i think there's an answer yeah. um what are your what are your thoughts on that you, you touched no, on it a little bit before as well. again and
2: it's, it's funny I was actually talking to him about this he was uh he was at the, the production center the other day and yeah he brought up some really good points you know like what, what are you going to hire somebody new and just have them inherit this problem it's like I said earlier like the organization needs to take a hard look at the the, the bones of this team right now what can they pick apart what can they put back together and how can they do that the right way? Just because, again, you're not escaping these contracts. Sorokin eight years, Barzell eight years, Horvat eight years—like all these long-term contracts, you're not
0: escaping. It's it's really not that many at this point, though. I mean, yes, there's a there's a few, but like Nelson's running out soon, Lee's running out soon. Um, even Pelican Pulak, yeah, but, I think they're yeah. here for a little while longer, but Pelican not like, Pulak like, have like two six years and
2: seven years left.
0: Left. Yes. I thought they signed those deals longer ago than maybe I remember.
2: They signed years early. That's the that's the thing. So they still have six and seven years
0: left. Maybe that's including this season, but I mean even still. That's okay. That's I mean, five plus years with a lot of players is something.
2: Right. So you don't have the, the prospect pool to rebuild. You don't have any any you know, what, what what sorry well what you do have on the roster isn't working. So you're in you're in a tough situation right now where you don't have the flexibility to make these these moves, right? Now here here's the thing, right? If they hire a coach this year that is permanent, what happens when they have the same the same outcome? Whose fault is it? Are you firing the coach again? Right, so it's like why why hire a coach? Bring in an interim, evaluate what you got, and, and and move forward. Because look, if you look up and down your roster and you evaluate, like, look, maybe maybe it's time to to change things. I mean, look, you can you can elevate a rebuild. We saw it happen with the other New York team, right? They did this with Artemi Panarin signed. They did this with Mika Zibanejad there. Chris Kreider was still a member of the team. They literally put a letter out that said, we're going to do some things that are going to make you uncomfortable. And they did it. And now here they are in first place in the Metropolitan. They were in the playoffs last year, obviously first round loss. Came back with a vengeance. Got lucky along the way a little bit. Although those draft picks, are they working out? Jury's still out on Kako and, and Lafreniere, but fact of the matter is that they made some calculated moves, right? Traded Ryan McDonough. That was a bit of a shock,
0: but they did it. Right? Stefan Lundqvist is gone. Like huge franchise players that were there for a long, right. long time.
2: So I look at this team
0: and I say, do they have as
2: many pieces that could be helpful as part of a, a, a an accelerated rebuild? And if you want to call it a retool, whatever. Look, are you gonna like it? No, but Brock Nelson's gonna net you certainly some sort of a return for an interested team. He's on a team-friendly contract. I think he's got two, what is it, two years left after this season at six million bucks, and the cap's going up. So you're talking about a you know almost like a three million dollar deal in in. The new salary cap when it when it goes up, and he could score you thirty goals. So go get a you know go get a top end prospect
0: with that guy and start rebuilding. Yeah, I think what's what's really frustrating about having this conversation is that the team is. I, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit. The team is good, but for two thirds of the game, like the, what they actually need to fix is. I don't think it's the offense. I really think it's they got to try to find something on on D. They have to. There's something missing there. I think Sorokin is not playing um, like a robot in a good way where he's unstoppable. Um, and So he's playing humanly, and they're not used to that. He's not bailing them out of games. And the defense in front of him is not good. So they need they they're not. That's where I would concentrate it. I think the forward group for its even for its faults are actually not that bad. Like they're figuring they're scoring goals and they're getting. They can't protect the
2: lead as a team. And that's why I'm saying that they can do this the right way by taking that blueprint the Rangers did in however many years ago that was and.
1: It themselves.
0: If I don't think it needs to be, I don't know that it needs to be quite that serious of a change. Like I don't, I don't know that it's even a rebuild on the fly or anything. Like I really think it's just. So what do you do? You have to add your D. I don't think it's adding your offense at this point. They can score goals. Who's the defenseman? I mean that's. I mean that's the that's also like we said. We joked last week. This also not our fucking job. Well, the, it's not our job.
2: You're right, but I'm I'm asking you. The,
0: the coach stays, yes or no. No, I think. I think you bring in a guy like Boudreau, who's, only had a losing record, with the Canucks in his last season before Boudreaux getting I think in the CHL. I don't know that they're gonna let him go. I don't know. Whatever. I think you figured that out. You're the NHL. I don't know. There's got to be a way to, to to make that happen. Um, But he's had one season with a points percentage under 500, and that was his last in Vancouver. Players like him. Um, He's been a good coach throughout his career. Management. Is he the new head coach or is he interim? Interim. And then you see what happens. They, you know, kind of do what they did with weight and they just play out of their mind. Maybe you consider it, but at least you do it now. And that there's a, I think there's a philosophical problem with the team. Yes. You need to add a defenseman too. I think the first thing is we've seen this team play like kind of good. This is just again, it's a reversal from last season. So it's not the players, just the decor. It's not necessarily the players. There's something else happening. It's like the, it's like the penalty kill. All of a sudden, it's bad. The power play, I understand being good. You added a you added a whole player. That's that's great, and it spread out the um, the two units a little bit better. Of course, that's going to get better. The penalty kill, I don't I I don't understand. I'm not sure. It's a lot of the same players. Something else is happening, and. I think it's adding a defenseman, but I think it's a, I think it's the coaching. So as you, well. if you're Lamorello, you're switching the coach to an interim coach and going out and getting a defenseman. Something I don't even know what kind of defenseman. I you you and I have talked about a two way. Um, I think it's a shutdown guy, so that you can keep Pelik and Pulak together, or keep them separate, or whatever the hell you want to do, and go from there. I I think it's got it's it's got to be some kind of shutdown. I know Zadorov's name's been thrown around. Um, I don't know about the in any connection to Calgary. I don't remember that they've made a move. Uh, the honors and and the Flames have made moves together in in some time or if if ever. Um, other than was it was Hamonic, but that was you know a, a, feels like a generation ago. So I'm not sure who. But it, th- something needs to change. Whatever the makeup of the defense core is currently isn't working. You keep, Obviously, you keep Dobson around. I think the odd man out is Ajo. Yeah. That, to me, isn't working. The next one after that is going to be Romanov. Mayfield's here too long. But Romanov might be the seventh guy soon or or something. He's the next one on the list. Your Pelican Bullock are not going anywhere. Mayfield's not going anywhere. Dobbs not going anywhere. So you're, you're looking at two of the guys. I think you you change out Aho before anything. Just to give you a different look, at the very least. And it's no one internally. Salo's not going to give you that different look. Um, Grant Hutton, I, I guess. Paul Adieu, maybe. But, like, that's your, don't make a call up. I think I agree with Staple there. Let them do their thing. Um, use you know break glass in case of emergency type deal. I don't know. You try to figure something out. Those those two players is, are are circled for me. As I don't know about the problems, but maybe they're the um, the scapegoat. It's just not working. So you have to do something. That's just the nature of building a team it's it's not working I can't do anything with four of them you know you don't have to and w- between the two of them it's it's uh, you don't have to be faster than the bear just not your slowest friend when you're running away you know what I mean in uh, their case is just don't be the worst of the two and and kind of see what happens and, and who who will get regular playing time I don't know who the answer is though on the outside yeah, I uh, totally
2: understand. I, I, I get it.
0: Um, I I left room here for any kind of Lambert news, but that didn't materialize. Um, despite well everyone... news was that he was on the ice this morning, which was I gotta be right. honest,
2: shocking to me.
0: I wonder if that if tomorrow's game or you know Wednesday's game is the last straw, and kind of like, can you win two in a row? Can you figure it out after time off and practices and all this? Can you can you are you capable of, of riding this ship? And then if not, maybe it happens after th- right after Thanksgiving. Because they play just Saturday, right? Wednesday, Saturday. Um hold on. I have the schedule right here. Wednesday, Friday. Saturday. Wednesday, Friday. That's tough. I don't know. Um do they play back to back? Do they play Saturday as well? Friday against the Senators, Saturday against the Flyers again. Yeah, I mean, God. On Sunday, they they should have won three in a row, if I'm being fully honest. There's no reason they can't win three in a row there. Um, I don't – he can't make it to December if they're playing this poorly. They can easily turn this around. There's so much time left. But he can't make it into December if they if they keep losing games, they can't win two or three more games the rest of the month. They like they have to go on a, almost a little bit of a run here for me, for, for as far as I see it, for him to save his job.
2: Yeah, no, I agree.
0: It's um, God, it's so frustrating to watch this team. It's, <laughs> cause, I mean, they're losing in a different way. It, it just reminds me of the run and gun, weight era Islanders. Um again, losing in different ways than than at that point, but just like you you just see so much potential, like they're clearly doing something right and how they you know they used to do something and all and what happened? We joked they didn't forget how to play hockey, but God damn it, it looks like it, especially the whole like the whole team in their own zone. I don't understand what's happening. It's incredibly maddening, yeah. Um, it's not great. No, a, a big chance, big game on Wednesday. I think I know it's November, um, but they can they can really kind of change their their fortunes here a little bit. Um, and then it's a uh, you know three games in in four nights. They can walk if they can walk away with uh, with six points. It, that's that's a really big deal. I think everyone changes their tune a little bit. Um, yeah. And not just to kick the can down the road, but you gotta know what you have. I think if you're gonna make a move and any of this stuff, if you actually are gonna make a trade for a defenseman, you gotta know where everyone is, even at their best. You know what they are at their worst, but you, you got who's who's actually stepping up. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is it's Romanov not stepping up and Aho a- 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 is all of a sudden for some reason. Um, you gotta find out who's being who can be consistent or not, or who can raise their trade value or any of that stuff. Right now they. I don't know who on the roster even has value, so it's it's hard to make any move. When you you know you don't want to trade another first round pick away again. In theory, your prospects who you have left, I don't know that you want to trade. You're in a tough spot. So the players on the roster have to raise their trade value if the honors even want to do anything. So the honors playing better to end the month does not mean that they a trade won't happen correct it, it could mean the opposite that they've either earned the trade or there there's actually value people are seeing value in that in a player and they can actually make a move and figure it out from there I guess we'll see
2: yeah <laughs> we, we always we always end the episode saying we hope for better news next
0: week but yeah, this uh this season of the show has has been uh, cross your fingers and hopefully next episode is a, a little more happy go lucky, but yeah, as as of late it's been it's been a lot of the same and you know I'm trying my best to bring different perspectives in so that we can discuss it because there's only so many times and be like they're not focused and they suck, right? I'm not, I'm not really sure where you know there's not a lot you can say so. Bringing in some of these these other pieces, I think, is is helpful for us to kind of break it down a little bit, even if they go against the grain of what you know what we think. Um, but we'll check in next week after a few games, and we'll see where everything lands. Any closing thoughts here?
2: No, just you know, you you, you were right. You know, the, this weekend by by Sunday, they could have won three games. I mean, look, Philly is hot right now. Two out of three of those aren't going to be easy matchups, but they they certainly are winnable. Because again, I know that the Flyers are playing well, but they're not they're not this juggernaut. They're they're just a team rallying behind a, a coach who's out of his mind. Who's out of his mind. <laughs> right. So,
0: um. All right. Well, please rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, threads, YouTube at Hockey. You can find James Burke at New Jersey Hockey Now and the fourth period. James, bring us home. Bring us some luck here.
2: Yeah, until next time, good luck, guys. Like, figure it out. (laughs)